The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again today as we start off another week together in God's Word. Hope you had a a great weekend as you celebrated the Lord and enjoyed time in church and hope that was an encouragement to you as well. And as we dig deeper into the Christmas season, hope you're enjoying your time. I know here at Grace we're excited about the things coming up. We'll be going through what we've called a series of messages called uh, the Christmas message. What does the message of Christmas mean to us today? And then looking forward also to the great Christmas Eve service on the 24th, uh, Sunday night, 4.30. Uh, it's a great service to invite friends, and it'll just be a, a great time and that wonderful, it's a tradition, but a great service as we celebrate our Savior. Uh, if you're following along with us in Scripture, uh, we are in the book of Matthew as we work our way uh, through, Ma- through the Lord's teaching at the end of his earthly ministry through the Gospel of Matthew. So Matthew chapter 25, we're going to pick up in verse 24 in one of the more well-known uh, parables and teachings of Christ. Now, this again is very similar to what a lot of Jesus does. It's a theoretical um, story based upon historical, uh, well, based on the way things happen in history at that time, based on the way things took place, the way the Lord worked, the way the culture worked at the time. Jesus is using that teaching, and the principles are so extremely relevant to today, to each and every one of us. I believe the context of this is referencing to uh, Christians, to believers, to those of us uh, who are in Christ, uh, which will be important as we come to the end of the passage from my perspective. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had left received one and went and dug into the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So first of all, let me just give a couple quick principles as we look and explain what's going on here. Like this is an idea where a master of land or master of a business or something, uh, today we would say an owner, an owner would often, you know, if you go to someone who owns something, they're going to place uh, district managers, regional managers, uh, local managers in charge of things. Uh, I worked in fast food for years, worked at uh, management McDonald's, and uh, the owner would come over often, but the owner didn't do a whole lot every day at the restaurant. He owned five of them. He ran the business. He appointed people like us to work the day-to-day shift there, but he would check also what are you doing with what you have been given? Are you following the rules? Things of that nature. So similar principle. And so these servants came, and here's a couple things. Each of them were given gifts, talents. This idea of talents here was financial. It was money. Um, in that day, that's what they called them. Each were given so much. One was given five, one, two. The other one was given one. The scripture tells us they were given the gift based upon their ability. This master knew them. He called them specifically. Uh, it wasn't that one was better than the other. It was just the ability. Maybe uh, they had more time in the field. Maybe they just had more natural ability. Maybe they were harder workers, whatever it would be. They were given the gifts. Now, uh, in a moment, we'll talk about the response to it. Let me just give you a couple principles as we dig through this that are important at this point. One, uh, the application here is to us today. 
The application is that God has given each of us uh, gifts and abilities and talents necessary uh, to serve in his kingdom. Uh, the three primary, if you're going to be is broad and generic, that everybody has been given. We've all been given time on this earth. We've all have been given talents. What I mean by talents is abilities, gifts that we can use for our own work, our own income, and for really the kingdom of God is what they're for. And then three is, excuse me, our treasures the money we have been given. Um, God recognizes we've all been given them, and we've all been given different gifts. Uh, some of it's going to be due to our ability. Some of it's going to be due based on what is going to be asked of us as we serve the Lord. Please understand that doesn't make one person more important than others. Uh, for example, for the, someone who may one day be asked to do a whole lot more, they're going to start with less as God is developing them. So this doesn't mean that one person is better and definitely doesn't mean that one is more important than the other. It just means that one at this time in their life has proven and we'll see a little bit how that comes. So each of us have been given gifts. We've been given unique gifts to us. Uh, the question is, what are we doing with that, our time? Uh, what are we doing with the talents, we, gifts we've been given, the treasures? Are we hoarding them? Are we using them for ourselves? Now, we see in this passage that the first guy takes the five, the amount of money he was given, he invests it, really, and doubles it. The guy with two does the same thing. They, even though we're given different amounts, did the exact same thing. They did exactly what they were asked to do. Invest it, get money off it. The third one didn't do anything. In a moment, we'll explain why, but simply we're going to see that he was just lazy. Let's go on. Verse 20, so when we had received the five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deliver me five. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he had received one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent into the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Verse 26, but the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have redeposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received a bank my own interest. So that the ta so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. So the thing we see is he, he rewards them. One has five. He brags on them, uh, promote, and then says, "Enter the joy of the Lord." Same thing with two. Uh, he promotes them, brags on them, compliments them, and, and gives them great blessing as a result of their work. He comes to the last one, and he calls him lazy. Now, it's interesting that the man immediately goes back and says, you're a harsh man, you're a, shall we say, a shrewd businessman, and you're able to, to make income where you haven't even planted seed. It's, it's amazing what you can do, and I was afraid of a failing. Can I tell you what we see here? Uh, people, sometimes I've read, will go back and feel defensive for this guy. Uh, here's what's happening. He's blaming the master for his own laziness. I'm afraid of you. I'm nervous that things aren't going to get accomplished. You're such a hard worker. You're such a good, successful businessman. And if I messed up, you'd be mad at me. So, um, but here's the point. Even the man said, okay, if that's really the case, you could have at least put the money in the bank. And then when I came back, I would have at least had interest. Here's the point. The man was so lazy, he didn't even want to take the necessary steps to do the paperwork 
to put the money in the bank. All he did was put the money in the bank and walk away until the master came back. But he was so lazy, he just dug a hole and buried it. Uh, what you're seeing is the laziness of the man. And then when he's confronted on his laziness, he blames the master. Uh, we see that a lot today. Uh, we see that if someone does wrong, they blame the system, they blame everyone else instead of taking personal responsibility. Um, I think sometimes in our Christian life, well, that guy's been given more gifts, that guy's been given more opportunities. You know one of the things unique about this? The man who had five doubled it and was given, now has 10. The man who has two doubled it was given four. When you invest the gifts God has given you, the talents, God will give you more. Time, talents, and treasures. Think about this. Now, you can't get more time, but you'll be more efficient at time. Maybe you'll get more time on earth. Maybe God will make you more efficient with your time, uh, but you will be blessed in the area of time. Talents, when you use what gifts God has given you to serve him, he will give you more gifts and abilities. He'll give you more talents. And here's one of the reasons why. When you start walking through a discipleship plan and growing in Christ, you're going to place yourself around people who have already earned and learned and gifts and, and will then develop you. If you want to be developed, God will place people around you to develop you. You have to invest your gift, and then you're given more. People in positions, in any position, in whether in the, a CEO in the business field or a pastor at a church or an elder in a church, can I tell you something about them? They didn't start that way. They, they started just investing where, God, where in the beginning or where God had them in the church, and God began to move them up simply because they invested where they were. They were working in the kids' program, teaching in classes. They were uh, being a greeter, being an usher, uh, reaching out and connecting with people in the church, and, and God moved them to a different position. Uh, that's how it starts. Some of it's necessary. It's training, and I'm going to tell you, it's not always easy because there's testing, there's struggles. Satan's going to fight that. If you invest what God has given you, God will give you more. If you're mad because you're not getting what you want, then you're missing the point. Grow where God's planted you. Invest what you have now. Wait for God to make that change. Uh, but if you don't, you know what happened? That one talent was taken away from the man and given to the one who had done more. And God will take away. God will take away your opportunities. God will take away some of the money. God will take the resources he's given you. He will limit or take away from you. I've watched it happen. I've watched a lot of people who started ministry, now are out of ministry. I've watched a lot of people who had such potential in church. They got angry and prideful. And the next thing you know, they're not even anywhere close to church. This can happen. And you, I think we'd be careful that we don't let our pride and laziness kick in. Let's finish this passage here real quick. Verse 29, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he who has have abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant out of darkness, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That phrase has been used to reference hell. I don't believe in this context that's what's happening since it's referencing all Christians and all servants. Uh, in the context, or at least in the historical scenario, uh, a lot of times these masters would say, I no longer want that servant working for me, cast them out into the streets. The uh, compound they worked in would have been lit. The streets would have not been. It would have been embarrassing. Uh, I just think there is a part where we can say that there's just a great humiliation for somebody who has not. This is not a place where someone loses their salvation. Um, in some occasions, yes, we'll get to heaven. And this idea that I'll just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, we're missing out. 
that that's not the way to look. I believe this parable is a picture of the, uh, what we call the judgment seat of Christ. There, there's the great white throne judgment where the unsaved will be judged, um, but then there is before that the judgment seat of Christ where the church will be judged. Now, when I mean judged, not for our, our sin, we'll be judged for what we've done with what God has given us. And uh, as people, you know, the Bible says, whether our good outweighs our bad, that's not sin. That is, have we wasted what God's given us, which would be horrible, or have we invested what God's given us to minister and, and to be used of Him? That's good. That's the premise looking at here. So let me just finish with this principle. So much more we could pull, and, uh, but let me just give you just a couple basic thoughts. One, we've all been given opportunity, gifts, resources. What are we doing with those resources? Are we hoarding them? Are we being lazy? Are we stepping out? Two, when you step out, it will not be easy. Sometimes it's fearful. Some of you are like, what if I mess up? We all feel that way. Uh, the key is, what are we going to do with it? Step out. If you invest what God has given you, God will double it. That's the key you have to remember. It's not our responsibility to double what we have. It's our responsibility to invest. That Sometimes we will mess up, but that's okay. Invest what we have, and as we invest what we have, God will then increase it. God will grow it. He will grow us. He will grow our gifts. He will grow our resources. If we choose to be lazy, it is no one else's, uh, no one else's responsibility and we can even lose what we have been given, the opportunities and even the resources we've been given. So you may think, I don't have a whole lot to offer. I guarantee you, you have something to offer. At first, it might just be that one or two talents. That's okay. Take what you have and invest it. It wasn't long before the guy was close to having five. That's part of the growth process. It's part of sanctification. And if you're always doing this, God will always grow you. And years down the road, you'll look back and say, how did I get here? You didn't try to get there. You just gave God what you had and invested it, and he took you to that place. And that is the process that we talk about, and we hope that we will encourage, and may we just invest and use what God has given us for his glory. I went a little bit longer than normal today, but I do appreciate the time you've given us uh, to be part of your day. I hope it's an encouragement. Uh, stick with us as we continue through the teachings of Jesus and the book of Matthew as we work towards the end of the life of Christ uh, in Matthew's Gospel. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.